This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Go ahead and grab a seat. Yes, thank you, all three of you who said good morning. There you go. You know, what we just sang, we're going to come back to in a little bit because we're going to talk about when we get to the end of ourself. What do we do then? So... I want to say good morning to everybody. Welcome, especially to those of you who are brand new. Um, Boy, we are a church who's learning how to reach out and take hold of the life that God has for us. In fact, we have a verse about that. Take a look on the video screens and you'll see 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It says, now take hold of the eternal life to which you are called. And uh, for the past year and a half, That's been our theme verse, and that's where we are today. So for those of you who are brand new, welcome to a church that's learning how to reach out and take hold of everything that God has for us. Not in a selfish way. It's not about us, but it's about what God wants to do in our lives because we're His kids and because He created us to enjoy a wonderful life with us. And so it's as we learn how to reach out and take hold of that life that uh, like every father, God loves it when he sees his children doing well. So uh, it's our goal to help you do well in life. And we're going to take a look. Today we're going to wrap up a series that we've been teaching on freedom. And uh, so I want to welcome you along on that journey. I recognize that in every church service there are lots of different people who have lots of different things going on in their lives. But the amazing thing about God is he can take the same church service and make it work for all of them. So would you join me in prayer? Father, right now I just pray for all of us. I pray first of all for those, Father, who have come with a heavy heart and they've been carrying guilt for a long time. I pray that this morning they would hear a message from you that would be so clear that they could set that guilt down and they could pick up the freedom of your forgiveness. And Father, I pray for those who struggle and they've been struggling for a long time or maybe they just had a huge struggle this week, but I pray that they would find peace in you today and that you would speak to them through this teaching and that they would hear your voice and that they could find the peace that they, that they seek in their heart. God, I pray for those who are new and they're not used to connecting with you. And this is a brand new thing. Would you just enable them to lower their defenses and to open their hearts and open their ears and allow you to begin to speak into their lives so that they could begin to connect with you in ways that would bring them security and peace and joy and happiness and fulfillment and all the things that it's so easy for us to seek in other places. And Lord, for those that, that this morning is the morning that they choose to become Christians. Father, would you help them to hear that message from you? And would you give them courage to respond to that? Now, Lord, as we open your word, would you speak to us clearly? We're here to listen. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you do me a big favor? On the inside of your program, you will find this card that says, Start Here. I'm going to, even if you come here all the time and you already know the drill and you already have your name on it, would you please take it out right now? Because we have a special thing to do this morning. For those of you who are brand new, you've already figured out 
that as a church, our job is to help you connect with God. And we love doing that. We take that seriously. So in order to do that, we have to be able to connect with you. So on the front side of the card, there's a place for you to put your name and contact information. Would you please do that? The rest of us, if you come here all the time, if you'll just give us your name, uh, we already have the contact info. But on the back side of the card, there's something in red down toward the bottom of the card. That's, that's the special thing we need today. Next Sunday is what? Mother's Day. By the way, what is today? Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, so for all of you who have Latin heritage, welcome. Okay, there you go. Enjoy the day. Now, um, down here at the bottom, we run a 5 p.m. service, and we have no clue. It's the first time that we will run a Sunday evening service on Mother's Day, and we have no idea whether... A bunch of you are going to go to church in the morning with your mother or out to eat with your mother and come to church at night, or whether you're going to bring your mother here in the morning and no one will be here at night. We have no clue. So would you help us get a read on what's going to happen next week? If you plan to be here at the 5 p.m. service, would you please check that option and put the number of people you think will be with you next Sunday? Because as we prepare food and all that stuff, uh, we would like to have enough. We're having Cobb salad next Sunday. So we want to prepare enough Cobb salad for everyone. All right? Thank you. Let's talk about God's Word. When we started this series way back at the beginning, I gave you a verse. It's John chapter 8, verse 32. Here it is up on the video screens. It says, You will know the truth... And the truth will set you free. To get the the real meaning of that verse, you only need to connect two words, truth and freedom. Because they go together. And we learned a couple of weeks ago that every form of deception ends up in some form of bondage. So whatever I believe to be true that doesn't actually turn out to be true in the end will lead to some form of bondage in my life, and I'll be disappointed by it. By the way, if you want to add something to that, every form of ignorance also leads to bondage. God came to teach us the truth, because the truth is the serum for deception and ignorance. It's the only thing that straightens them out. And so we can state this pretty simply in five mathematical formulas. Are you ready for a little math? Here we go. The first one is this. And that is my birth, my nature, that's what I was born with, who I was sort of created, all my natural tendencies. And you can include in that that what I learned from my family of origin. That's my nature. Plus my experiences in life, going to school, whatever happened to me in school, what happened to me in different places, what I learned, what I didn't learn, all those experiences, my nature plus my experiences equals my reality. That's just where I start in life. Okay? Now, what we do with that reality is really interesting. Okay? Mathematical formula number two is this. My reality plus my best efforts always leads to some form of incompleteness. 
You know, that's what most of us try. So I take the, the deck I was dealt in life, the hand I was dealt in life, and I take that and I do the very best I can with it, and I try hard, and I try to be a good person, and I try to, to, to have good relationships, and I try to make right choices, and, and I put everything I have into that, and I try really, really, really hard, but in the end, I know there's something missing. And friends, that's always going to be true because God did not design you to live life apart from Him. So, you know what Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? Okay? Because if you were designed to live life with God and you leave Him out, that's just not going to work. It will never work. You'll always be searching. You'll search here. You'll search there. You'll buy this. You'll go here. You'll do that. You'll try this, this experience. You, you just keep searching because until you come to God, you haven't actually found the answer to life. So my reality plus my best efforts always leads to some form of incompleteness. But guess who's standing nearby? Satan is always standing nearby. And Satan will always say, I've got the answer for you. So guess what? When I take my reality and I combine it with Satan's deceit, remember in the garden, Satan said, how about that tree? That'll make your life complete. He hasn't quit doing that. He will point us in different directions. My reality plus Satan's deceit always leads to bondage. Listen up, those of you who are young, and actually those of you who are not young, when someone comes to you and says, you want the answer to life, smoke this. That's my reality plus Satan's deceit. When you get a little older, Satan goes, hey, you want the answer to life? It's this truck. You buy this truck, no payments, not now, but later. No money down. Buy this truck. No offense to those of you who own trucks. Okay? Or buy this house. Or go on this vacation. Or get this job. It it doesn't make any difference. It's always a carrot that's out there. And there's always something to chomp at. And the thing about it is, once you get it, it never fills the hole in your life. Because my reality, plus Satan's deceit, always leads to some form of bondage. Every one of those things leads to bondage. Now let's get the next formula. This is where it starts to turn around. Because God's truth is always greater than my reality. I wish I had the time to break this out for us this morning. Because some of you, your reality was you were sexually abused as a child. You didn't choose that. Okay? By the way, next Sunday we break out a brand new series called Future Family. And we're going to deal next Sunday with the tension between the ideal and the real. And how do we walk in that tension? I want to invite you to that. But I I realize right up front that some of us in our families of origin, it was pretty nasty. And it was pretty ugly. And some of us think that we've been damaged to the point we're not sure that God can fix us. I want you to know right here, right now, that God's truth is bigger than than your reality. It always trumps your reality if you trust God's truth. No matter what's happened to you, no matter what experiences you've had in life, in fact, I'm going to tell you a story out of the Bible today that illustrates that point wonderfully well because God's truth is always bigger. It's always greater. It's always more powerful. It always trumps whatever my experiences and my reality has been in life. That, my friends, is why you come to church, right? 
because you want God's truth folded over the reality of your life because it begins to bring healing and restoration. And so that leads us to the last formula, which is a great one. It says, when I take my reality and I combine it with God's truth, where do I get? It takes me straight to freedom. And, and so this morning we tie a bow on this. We're going to show how that works. I'm going to take you to a story in the Bible that in, my, in the margin of, of my notes, I wrote these two words, relentless pursuit. And I know I stole that shameful, no, not shamefully, un, uh, without apology, I stole that from Lexus, who says this is the relentless pursuit of excellence, right? I, this morning, I, I want to talk to us about the relentless pursuit of freedom, which ends up to be the relentless pursuit of Jesus. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of a lady, we don't know her name, we know very little about her, but as much as anyone in the Bible, she exemplifies the concept of whatever it takes. Let's read her story. It starts out like this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years from constant bleeding. Now, for you and me, that would be a, a straight medical problem. For her, that was a theological problem as well. She not only had the medical problem of losing blood and having to replace that blood uh, medically, but in her culture and in the Jewish religion, when a woman bled, it made her unclean and unable to go to the synagogue. She could not go to the temple. It had further complications in that anything she sat on had to be ceremonially cleansed or it was unclean. Anyone who sat on anything that she sat on became unclean and could not go to the synagogue and could not go to the temple until they had become ceremonially cleansed. And it meant that anyone who touched her became unclean. So her family members could not touch her or hug her unless they were willing to spend a day outside the temple and outside the synagogue and go through a special ritual cleansing before they could ever go to church again. Now, how long had she had that? Twelve years. I, I just want you to know that every year, I bet her world got darker and more lonely. Because probably at first, people were willing to, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this. But eventually, after going through that enough times, it was like, you know, okay, let's come up with a code, all right? I do this, and that means hug. And that's how she lived. Story says she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. So now she's sick, she's alone, and she's broke. But she had gotten no better. It only got worse. In fact, she had gotten worse. Here's where we get our first big takeaway when it comes to the relentless pursuit of freedom in Christ. Okay, Takeaway number one is this. You want to embark in this whatever-it-takes journey, no matter how deep your bondage. In my notes, I wrote, she was in deep. And you know, some of us here this morning are probably in deep. Some of us have carried something in our life for, I don't know, decades. 
and we've tucked it away and we have scars from it and we don't talk about it and it just sits there and, and, and somehow we think God can't touch that. It's just too deep. It's too personal. It's too way down in here. Some of us probably have addictions right here in this room that we have been participating in for years. And we don't know what to do about it. Well, this lady would say, even if you've been in it for 12 years and it's taken everything that you have and you can't see a way out, don't give up on Jesus. Because that's where she's going to go with this story. No matter how deep your bondage is, Christ has an answer. What did we learn a while ago about God's truth and my reality? God's truth is always what? Greater than my reality. That's what this woman would say. God's truth. And she believed that. And that's what fired this relentless pursuit in her. Let's read a little bit more of the story. It says, She had heard about Jesus and she came up behind him. And here's what you want to underline. Through the crowd. Here's the takeaway. No matter how great your opposition. Just write this down in your notes somewhere. Most of the time, in order to get to Christ, you don't go with the crowd. You have to go through the crowd. If you go with the crowd, you won't ever get to Jesus. You'll just be in the crowd. But at some point, you have to make your way through the crowd. And oftentimes it means the crowd's going that way, and Jesus is over here. And you've got to go through the crowd. And guess what? They're not all that eager to let you through. I think it's amazing that this woman is just called a woman in the crowd. And she reached a point in her life where she didn't care what anyone thought of her. And I, you know, God bless her. I think she reached a point where she didn't care how many people were contaminated by her. She was getting to Jesus. Right? And she just got in the back of that crowd and she started making her way. And she started pushing her way through the crowd. And I'm sure that there were probably in that society men in the crowd that looked at her like, Take your seat in the back, woman. But she was not going to take her seat in the back. And she was pushing until she could get to Jesus. Can I just speak freely with you? I don't care who you are. When you decide that you're going to walk to Jesus, there will be people in your life who will oppose that choice for you. They will do whatever they can to influence you away from that. For some of you, it could be somebody inside your home. And your mother doesn't want you to do that because she thinks you're going to become one of those Christian, Bible-thumping, Bible-banging, judgmental bigots. And she'll decide to schedule a family dinner every Sunday morning. And she'll call you a bad child if you don't come. It's amazing where this opposition can come from. It can come from your old drinking buddies. It can, it, can, it can come from anywhere. But I just want you to know, there will always be a crowd that will stand between you and Jesus. 
And if you have this whatever-it-takes, relentless pursuit mindset, you will never allow the crowd to stay between you and Jesus. You'll get through the crowd to get to him. And for those of you who are here this morning, and you're right there, you're beginning to pursue Jesus, and all of a sudden people are cropping up in your world, and you can tell they're just kind of, some of them subtly dragging you away, and some of them not so subtly. I I just want you to hear a message of encouragement. You just push through that crowd. Because the next part of the story tells you why you need to push through the crowd. It says, And she touched his robe, for she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Was that outlandish? Friends, that was crazy. Did she know of anybody who had ever done that? Shake your head like this. No. Jesus was this guy who went around and people came up and said, Oh, Master, heal me. And he would touch them and he would pray a prayer over them. And amazingly, they would be healed. But here was a woman who was caught in 12 years of shame and and, and uncleanness and, and social outcast. The last thing that she wanted to do was walk up in front of Jesus and have everybody look at her. And they all knew her. This was her hometown. They all knew her. She didn't want to go out. She didn't want to go public. She, none of that stuff. So she was just going to come up behind Jesus and she was just going to touch him. Wow. You know, there's a huge takeaway in that too. And here's our takeaway. No matter how much faith or change is required, listen, Some of you are sitting at a crossroads in your life right now. And in your head, you know that Jesus can change your life. But in your heart, you're afraid of how he's going to do that. And you're afraid of what he's going to require of you. And you're afraid of of the stuff that you think might come in that package. You know what I wrote in my notes? Okay. It's this whole concept of if you come to Jesus with reservations, don't expect freedom. you got to go in full faith. And this woman came with more faith than anybody she knew. And she said, you know what? I'm going to make my way to Jesus and I'm going to touch the hem of his robe because I think if I touch the hem of his robe, if I can just get that close to Jesus, something great is going to happen in my life. And she pushed and she pushed and she pushed and she pushed. And in fact, one of the other passages says that she came up behind him. She didn't even approach him from the front. She came up behind him. And she was probably one person away and snuck her arm between those two people and reached out and touched just the bottom of his robe. I hope that there's a number of people here this morning who do that. Because for some of us, this is the day that God has said, you are ready to become a Christian. It's time for you to reach out and touch Jesus. And it's time for Jesus to reach out and touch you. But like that woman, Jesus is not going to chase you through the crowd. He's there. He's available. And this is the morning for you to do that. For some of us, it'll be our morning to return to him. Because we can point to a place sometime in our life where we were walking with him. 
But maybe for months now, maybe for years now, we've been anything but walking with Jesus. But this morning, God is saying to us, return to me. Reach out. Make your way through the crowd. Whatever it requires in your life, whatever changes it makes about your Sundays, regardless of the NFL, trust me, God says, the NFL will go on without you. Baseball will go on without you. The NBA playoffs will go on without you. Hockey playoffs will go on without you. Golf will go on without you. Yeah. All that stuff. So your kids have sports on Sunday morning. Come on Sunday night. Oh, but Sunday night's my kickback time. Kick back with Jesus. Got it? See, whatever it takes, press in. Take hold of Jesus. Because great things happen in your life when you take hold of Jesus. Let's see how the story finishes. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of of this terrible condition. And Jesus realized once that healing power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? Put yourself in this woman's place for a minute. Would that just shoot through your body like a bolt of lightning? Oh my goodness. Now this is where the story gets even better. Okay? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd. Everyone's pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Friends, can I tell you, this is a typical crowd. And there are all sorts of people in the crowd. And some of us are just in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, we're close enough. We sort of rub up against Jesus and and we're singing and so forth. But we're not really touching Jesus like this woman touched Jesus. We're just in the crowd. We look good. We're in the right place. But it would be Christ's desire. He's not going to scold this lady. But you know what Jesus wanted? And I want you to hear this. Jesus wanted everyone in the crowd to touch him the way she had. Imagine how different that crowd would have been if everyone in that crowd had said, if I can just get close enough to Jesus to touch him, then God will bring freedom in my life. I want to be healed. You and I sang this morning a song from the inside out. And we said, God, touch me from the inside out. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that I will reach out and touch Jesus in that way so that he will bring healing from the inside out in my life. I don't want to just be part of the crowd that's hanging out with Jesus. I want to touch him in the crowd. Because here's the whole point of this. Let's read the rest of it and then we'll get the takeaway. Okay? They said, how can you say who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, and can't you see him reach out? She fell at his feet. Can't you see him reach out and take her by the hand and lift her up? 
and look her straight in the eye and say, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And would you underline the last sentence? Your suffering is what? Wouldn't you love to have Jesus say that to you? Your struggle's done. Here's what I wrote in my notes. Okay? No matter how long your journey is. This was a 12-year journey for this lady. But it wasn't until the end of 12 years that she came to the end of herself. She tried everything she knew. She went to every doctor she could find. And she spent every dime she had. She was at the end of herself. And can I tell you, there's a message in there for you and me. As long as you keep trying on your own, just keep trying. Because you know what we learned earlier? My reality plus my best efforts ends in what? In completeness. Until you come to the end of yourself completely and you're ready to reach out and touch Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't. I know. I've tried. I can't. But here's what I believe. You can. And you will. And when you reach that point in your life and you believe that and you, and you press your way into Jesus and amazing things ha- happens. In fact, we're going to close with a promise. And the promise is God's promise to us and there's an our part connected to it. And take a look at it. God says, you will seek me and find me. That's His promise. Now what's our part? When you seek me, what's the rest of it? Read it out loud with me. With all your heart. Friends, that's relentless pursuit. That's making your way through the crowd. That's not letting opposition stand between you and Jesus. That's no matter how deep your bondage is. That's no matter how long your journey is. That's no matter how much faith or change is required in your life. When you reach the point that you're done with yourself and you're ready for Jesus, then Jesus stands ready for you and He will do in your life what you could never do through your own effort. And that's His invitation to you. If you're ready to seek Him with all your heart, then there are three ways for us to apply this message today. Let's take a look at them. Number one, become a Christian. I prayed already before church began and during church that those of us in the crowd this morning who are not yet followers of Christ, we can't point to a time in our life and said, that day I made the decision to follow Christ and, and I gave Him my life. For the rest of my life, I signed on board with Jesus. Friend, do that today. Why wait till your life gets more and more empty and you get more and more desperate Sign on board with Jesus today and find the greatest life you can ever find because you'll be connected with God through His Son. Secondly, you can return to Christ. If you've been away from Christ for years, say, okay, this is the day I get back. This is the day my life changes. Okay, from now on, I'm going to church. I'm meeting with God. From now on, I'm going to do whatever it takes to connect with Him because I'm no longer going to allow myself to be distracted by other things in this life. I'm now ready to walk with God again because I know that's where real life is and that's where freedom is. And then a third thing, 
If you need a message, message of encouragement, the 11th chapter in, in the Bible of the book of Hebrews has this wonderful story of person after person after person who relentlessly pursued God. It's often called the Hall of Faith chapter in the Bible. And so if you want a message of encouragement, you just get a Bible and you and you find Hebrews chapter 11. You can look it up in the table of contents. Go to the book of Hebrews, find chapter 11 and begin to read because it's by faith each of these people ended up finding victory and freedom in their life. It was not easy for them and many of them had opposition, but they pressed their way through the crowd and they got next to God. And it's just a great chapter of encouragement. I'm going to pray. And while I pray, you do your business with God. And if, you, if you're ready to become a Christian, you check that on the card and we will assist you in that. I'll get with you later this week. If you're ready to return to Christ, you check that on the card. If you're going to read Hebrews chapter 11, you think, wow, that would be a great thing for me to do. And I know that's what God would want me to do. That would be my next step this week. That would strengthen me and encourage me in my journey. You do that. But whatever your business is, you do it with God while I pray. Father, I pray for my friends this morning who have been challenged by this lady who just stood in the back of the crowd and said, I will let nothing stand between me and Jesus because I know that if I can just get there and if I can just touch Him, He will do in my life what I have exhausted all of my resources to do and can't do on my own. Father, would you help us to find that freedom? For those of us who need to accept you, would you give us grace to do that right now and and make that decision to become a Christian and and know that that's going to radically change our lives, but be okay with that and say, okay, I'm ready for that. I'm on board because whatever it is that Jesus wants for me, that's what I want. I trust him and I understand he has the answer for my life. For those of us who need to return, God, would you hear us? Would you help us to hear your voice speaking distinctly? And would you give us courage to make that decision? Lord, I know you're going to speak to us through your word as we read Hebrews chapter 11. Right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for making yourself available to us. We respond to you as you call us. And we pray it in your name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.